Armed American Radio listeners, today's Armed American Radio's recorded version of the national radio broadcast, the Armed American Radio podcast, is being brought to you today and every day by North American Arms. Make sure to visit NorthAmericanArms.com for the finest mini revolvers on planet Earth. NorthAmericanArms.com. Enjoy the show. is Armed American Radio. If they want to take my guns, they're going to have to bring a station wagon and a whole lot of friends because I'm not giving them anything. From the Car Firearms Group studio. On the Sig Sauer Platinum Microphone. Mark, we know they want to take our guns, and now we're going to make them eat it. Freedom might be an uphill battle sometimes, but freedom will always prevail. Proudly presented to you by X-Insurance. X-Insurance. Here is your host of Armed American Radio, the loudest conservative voice in America fighting for your rights, Mark Walters. 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 And here we go, ladies and gentlemen. Armed American Radio's Monster Cast begins right now on hundreds of radio stations across the nation. Great to be with you today from the ranch. Sig Sauer microphone fired up. Car Firearms Group Studios presented by X Insurance. Greg in Dallas, Texas. How you doing, my brother from another mother? Uh, not too bad. Here we are, Would Sunday you, Gunday. Here we are, Sunday Gunday Fun Day. Would you be kind enough to tell people where to watch us in high definition and participate in the chat should they desire? Ladies and gentlemen, please don't do this while you're driving. That's uh, a public service announcement. Sure, quickly. Let's head on over to armedamericanradio.org or .com. On the right-hand side of that website, you'll see the menu icon. Just give it a click. When that window opens up, you can select that Watch Live option as well as the Listen Live option and the podcast link. If you want to join the live chat, just head on over to your app store, grab the Telegram messaging app, create your profile, and search for Armed American Radio Conversations. Yeah, that'll bring you in, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to the broadcast. Let's get started. Alan Gottlieb, founder of the Second Amendment Foundation, for a weekly update on what is going on, the comings and goings. Mr. Gottlieb, a pleasure to have you here today, my friend. It was great seeing you yesterday. How are you today? I'm doing great, thank you, Mark, and uh, I, and I hope you're doing okay. You had a lot of traveling to get here to Arizona <laughs> for the for the Second Amendment rally at the state capitol, and uh, I I really appreciate you coming. The audience really, yeah, a lot of people here listen to your show on a couple different stations in the Arizona area, and we're really glad you were here. Well, thank you very much. It's always fun to go there. I, you know, lifetime member of AZCDL. I, I try not to miss those rallies whenever possible. And Alan Gottlieb is correct, ladies and gentlemen. I had a midnight return back and a 5.45 a.m. arrival today. So needless to say, it's been a long day. Alan, hopefully we don't need to use that code word we talked about. (laughs) Welcome, Ben. Let's get started. Mr. Gottlieb, before we start on anything else that I have lined up for you, and I have a lot lined up for you, I hope we can get to all of it. Let's go to to the rally itself, because this fascinates me every year, that Arizona is widely regarded as the most gun-friendly state in the nation. We've all heard that. You would agree with that, right? Yes, but it's being threatened pretty heavily right now. And that's where I'm going. Here we have, ladies and gentlemen, a very gun-friendly state, no question about it. Now, I could argue and debate certain things about where you can't carry, et cetera, but that's nuanced. That's that's not for this conversation. Arizona, Arizona, suffice to say, is an extremely gun-friendly state. But, Alan, here we are at a rally on the state capitol fighting for gun rights, in Arizona. It never ends. And isn't that a testament to it that we have to do that? And what does that say about where we are and the state of the fight that we're in? Well, a couple things, actually. One, the good thing is that while it's still a pro-gun state, uh, and so gun owners aren't quite, you know, as woken up as some of the blue, living in some of the blue states, 
it was great to see a good turnout and people coming uh, to make sure it remains a gun-friendly state. We had Congressman Andy Biggs, you know, you know, you know, spoke, and, and a lot of key legislators, uh, chairman of the Judiciary Committee spoke. Uh, it was really good. Our problem is, Mark, here in Arizona, is we're only a couple seats away from the Democrats controlling everything. They now control the governor's office, and if they end up controlling, uh, you know, everything in uh, the legislature. It's just a matter of time until uh, Arizona becomes California. I was just going to ask, is this, are we witnessing the Californication of Arizona right now? That is what we're trying to stop. I guess that's the direction I'm going with you. Yes, I think that's that's the case. An awful lot of people from California are moving to Arizona because of, you know, high taxes, high crime, other things. But then they come here, they tend to bring a lot of the liberal politics with them, particularly the push for gun control. Uh, and it's helped the Democrats make this from a, a, a red state, so to speak, to a purple state at, at best. And it might be trending blue. Well, you know, I've theorized, Alan, in the past that we are now seeing a lot of conservatives flee California. Not that the liberals aren't, but could it possibly be in the state of Arizona, where a lot of Californians are moving, that we're getting an influx of conservatives now in, in greater numbers that are just simply fed up with California? And that could, in fact, either stabilize or flip back and reverse that, that Californication trend in Arizona? I'd love to hope so, but we don't know for sure. I'm not sure the uh, demographics are showing that so much. Uh, I was just reading an article here that you know, in the Scottsdale, Paradise Valley area, uh, an awful lot of wealthy liberal Californians are moving here in record numbers. Uh, this is in the heart of Maricopa County. Uh, which used to be extremely red, uh, and uh, they're moving here in unbelievably record numbers. So it's hard to say. Uh, it could be maybe they're changing their stripes and they're leaving their you know liberal leftist views back in California, but I don't know about that. We can only hope and keep our fingers crossed. Ladies and gentlemen, when we have to continue to fight as diligently as we do in a state like Arizona, it's just an indication to you wherever you are in the country that this is an ongoing battle and that the left, in fact, is waging war against your gun rights. And if you live behind a blue curtain, you know exactly what we're talking about. If you live in another state, I live in Georgia. They've been trying to Californicate Georgia for a long, long time, and they've gotten fairly close. So it's an indication that we have to keep fighting. Alan, let's move over to Illinois. Second Amendment Foundation and partners are petitioning SCOTUS for a review in a challenge of the Illinois gun ban. And let me just give a little bit of background here for you, ladies and gentlemen. Attorneys representing the Second Amendment Foundation and its partners in a federal challenge of the Illinois ban on modern semi-auto rifles, which the left likes to call assault weapons, and of course, large capacity magazines, have filed a petition with the U.S. Supreme Court seeking cert in the case of Harrell versus Raul. Illinois State Rifle Association, Firearms Policy Coalition, C4 Gun Store, and Marengo Guns in addition, a private citizen, Dane Harrell, who the case is named after. The complaint, Alan, was, as you know, was originally filed in January 2023. Where are we in this? Because we keep hearing talk week after week of challenges in, in these assault weapons bans. And I, it's just a matter of time before we get one to SCOTUS. And here again, another week, another petition for cert. Where do we stand? Well, we filed this one this week, and of course last week we filed the cert petition in the Bianchi case challenging the Maryland ban in Maryland to the U.S. Supreme Court. So we now have, Second Amendment Foundation now has two cert petitions sitting before the Supreme Court, and you could mark, make an argument that it's really three, 
it's not our third petition, but we won a very heavy case in the Fifth Circuit Court of Appeals against the Biden administration's frame and receiver rules trying to redefine what a firearm is so they can ban you, you and stop you from making your own firearm in your own home, so to speak. The Justice Department under Biden just filed a cert petition with the U.S. Supreme Court on that one. So in that one, we're on the other side of it. We won at the appeals court level. They're trying to overturn the ruling. And quite honestly, it doesn't bother me that they went to the Supreme Court. So I think we're going to win there as well. I'd love to have the Supreme Court ruling against the Biden administration. But so technically right now, the Second Amendment Foundation is involved in three cert petition cases at the U.S. Supreme Court now. And there are more coming this year. I, again, I, for benefit of listeners who might be new to the program, Alan, we are confident, I want them to hear you say this, that we are confident that we're going to get a quote-unquote assault weapons ban case in front of the Supreme Court at some time in the very near future. And if that statement's accurate that I just made, how near would you say it could be? Well, let me say I'm not that confident that the court's going to take the case for sure, or one. But let me, let me give some background here, first of all. The Bianchi case in the Maryland ban, we challenged that and had a cert petition with the Supreme Court prior to Bruin. After they made the Bruin decision, the court granted a cert and reversed and remanded that case down to the trial court level in Maryland to hear the case based on the Bruin decision. It took a while, and the trial court there you finally ruled against us, saying that they're bound by the appeals court decision in the state, and so it got pushed to the appeals court. Uh, the appeals court had oral arguments. Uh, and it was apparent from the oral arguments that we were going to win. Uh, and so what happened is, is that the Fourth Circuit uh, Court of Appeals in Bach took it from the, from the appeals court before they could even give a ruling. And they're hearing it in Bach with 14 you know, people. So the Supreme Court's already familiar with this case. They've already had it once, uh, reversed and remanded it. Uh, and so now we're, you know, they know it very well. So there's a better than average chance they'll take that case. If they don't want to take it because there's no full record on, on the from the appeals court based on the Bruin decision, then they could take the Illinois case. Now, as you know, there's thousands of cases that go to the appeals to the Supreme Court every year. Your chances of getting sort of granted are, are you know less than one percent. Mm-hmm. Obviously, because this issue and the Constitution and everything else were way much, much, much better than any one percent. But it's still you're you're always sitting there on the you know on the on the on the edge, so to speak, if they're ever going to take your case or not. So it's my hope that they take it. My feeling is if they take it, and as you know, it takes four judges on the Supreme Court to hear a case, take a case. It takes five to win it. I'm convinced that they take it, we're going to win it. But I'm more concerned about them taking it. Well, that's I, I, I'm comfortable with that as well, too. Ladies and gentlemen, we're going to continue to talk about this case. The media is not giving you this information until it occurs. You're hearing it here every week, updates to what's happening. Keep your eyes on this case, and you can do that by watching and listening to Armed American Radio. We'll be back with Alan. One more segment. Don't go away. Daniel Defense firearms are guaranteed for life, trusted worldwide, and designed, engineered, and manufactured right here in America. Daniel Defense, freedom, passion, precision. Daniel Defense, if you're watching the show, I've got a really cool Daniel Defense logoed shirt on right here. DanielDefense.com, make sure to check them out and also support the DoubleDFoundation.org, which is raising money for and supporting youth shooting sports across the country. Don't forget about all of our partners that make this show possible. 
April 26 marks our 15th year on the nation's airwaves. Incredible run. And you've gotten a live show every single week. You've gotten fresh content. We have never missed a show in all of those years. That's a remarkable run. Make sure to visit all of our partners. We'll give you three right now. BarrelBuddy.com will revolutionize the way you clean your guns. In fact, you'll clean your guns more because it's fun with BarrelBuddy. Pitch the patch, $14.99. BarrelBuddy has you covered. No more mess. No more stink. Nobody yelling at you not to clean the guns, get out in the garage, all that. We've all been there. BarrelBuddy.com. PTAmmo.com. Buy ammo from an American-made company. Great, great people over there. Young entrepreneurs behind the blue curtain in Guilford, Connecticut. PTAmmo.com. You need to feed your guns. Feed them American-made stuff and support Armed American Radio. And where our families train, better known as WAFT, down in Florida. Planning a trip to Florida? Want to talk about some incredible scenario-based training? Woft, W-O-F-T dot com. Check them out. We'll talk about more of our partners coming up. Let's go back to the great Alan Gottlieb, founder of the Second Amendment Foundation. Alan, did you want to wrap anything else up or put an exclamation point on anything before we go? Let's go to Hawaii now. We've been to Illinois, uh, California, Arizona, and Maryland. Let's go to Hawaii next. I'll, I'll let you give the final statement on anything else, or we'll just move to Hawaii. Okay, now let's move to Hawaii. All right, let's go to Hawaii. Are we petitioning for cert? in Hawaii at SCOTUS, and if so, why? Well, first of all, let me back up and just talk about Hawaii. Hawaii Supreme Court rules that the Aloha spirit trumps the Constitution. <laughs> uh, so to the listeners who are aware of this, and so that they, they ruled against somebody uh, in, a, in a gun case uh, saying that their gun control laws are okay because, again, the Aloha spirit trumps the Constitution. It's not our case, so I can't say we're taking it to the Supreme Court. On the other hand, the attorney who, who, who handled the case, we've reached out and contacted him, and we've offered our expertise and our experience to help craft a cert petition to go to the Supreme Court. Uh, to my knowledge, we, the office hasn't heard back yet from him, uh, and uh, the hope is that he contacts us and we're able to help put together a great cert petition to take that case to the Supreme Court. For your listeners, you know, one way of getting to the Supreme Court is not just through the federal court system, but if a state Supreme Court rules against you, you can petition the U.S. Supreme Court to take that case. I think this would be a beautiful one because, you know, the Aloha spirit doesn't trump the Constitution. And so I feel really <laughs> good about it if we could get it there. But it's not up to us to say we, that we can get engaged in it. We have to have the attorney uh, in this case who, who, who defended the, the, the individual say, okay, we want your help for a cert petition. So let's hope that he contacts us and we're able to get a cert petition to the Supreme Court. So I think this case would be fun. Alan, this, uh, the Democrats are now petitioning the spirits. <laughs> And I chuckle because, as you and I have talked about week after week for so many years, when you can't, when you think the bar can't get any lower, they find a way to lower the bar, and they do it in incredible ways. And you know, you and I have mentioned the word creative before on the show, but I, I don't think I've seen anything quite as creative as this. Have you? No, I couldn't even imagine you could be this creative <laughs> talking about spirits. Uh, you know, so, so in this case, for gun owners in Hawaii, we're dealing with evil spirits. Uh, I mean, this is absolutely loony, loony tunes, but this is where our opponents keep going. Well, like in Colorado, when Colorado was working to throw Trump off the ballot, could the Hawaii state Supreme Court decision give other Democrats across the country an, an idea that maybe they don't have an aloha spirit history, but they can conjure up something else? Well, I don't know. In New Hampshire, you might have a live free or die spirit. 
<laughs> you know, it, I mean, this is how crazy this is. I mean, uh, it's totally absurd. And so I'm sort of hoping that the attorney reaches out back to us and says, yes, let's let's do a third petition. Yeah, it would be a fun case. It's just sad that this is where we are, that the bar just continues to get lower and lower and lower. And ladies and gentlemen, I, I don't know what they'll do beyond this one, but they will do something. We We know that. History proves that we are right in that educated guess. It's clearly an educated guess because we see them do it, as in this case now, spirits. Unbelievable stuff. Alan, I want to jump back to Virginia. Virginia now has a remarkable number. I don't think I've ever seen this before, and I was looking at the VCDL page. There is a possible 47 gun control bills prepared to hit Yunkin's desk. 47 gun grabber bills. Philip Van Cleve at the VCDL and the organization, they've made it very clear they've never seen an onslaught like this ever. What is the Democrats' strategy when they know Yunkin is not likely to sign a gun control bill, but when you've got 47 bills out there, is it possible that one, two, or three of them might sneak through, and is that their strategy? Well, it's possible, but I think what their strategy really is, Mark, is not to get their bills passed. It's to get, it's to get the governor to veto them. Uh, so they can come out and scream about, hey, you know, the governor doesn't care about children dying in schools or, right. you know, or this or that or whatever it might be. And try and, and frame the issue in ways that they can use it to, against him and other Republicans in the legislature. So I think this is just a maneuver to get some campaign fodder, which I don't think is going to work anyway. But that's, I think, where they're going. And, of course, 47, it shows that what their intent is, is to totally eradicate and destroy Second Amendment rights. I mean, you, you know. 47 bills is just absurd. And this is what we're dealing with, talking about being creative. There's another one for you. I mean, I mean, the time and effort it took them to pass 47 bills or deal with 47 bills in the legislature, I mean, they could have solved a significant number of problems that people in Virginia really face. And not waste a lot of time and money in the process. And I'll, 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 let me just add something to what Mr. Gottlieb just said about the Democrat strategy. Remember that Northern Virginia area is very blue. We're in the midst of an election year right now, ladies and gentlemen. They're also going to use that against Republicans in the presidential election as well. It's just another it's just another straw in their bucket, if you will, that they will use. Purely political games. But quickly here, is it are you comfortable that Youngkin will not sign any of these bills that hit his desk? Or is he going to be sure. under too much political pressure, do you think? Well, I'm sure he's going to veto almost all of them. I can't swear he's going to veto all of them. Uh, but, you know, uh, anything that he doesn't veto would be a minor bill. Uh, anything major, major attack on Second Amendment rights, he will definitely veto. Yeah, and I view, like you do, listener, a minor bill is still an attack and an infringement on our right to keep and bear arms. We're going to be paying very, very, very careful attention to what's going on in Virginia. Now we're going to go back across the country. Let's go to Washington State, your state. What is the FFL killer bill going on up there? Well, well, it's called the FFL killer bill basically forces gun dealers to do all kinds of things that puts them out of business. You have to have a 24-7 camera set up and keep the film, film every, of everything, of all your transactions and everything going on you know, in your place of business, even if your place of business is your home. Uh, and the, amount of, the cost of the equipment to be able to do this and to be able to store years' worth of uh, video 24-7 on servers – is so expensive that most gun dealers, small businesses, can't afford to stay in business. And even a lot of the box stores don't want to spend, you know, hundreds of thousands of dollars, and so they may stop selling firearms. 
Alan Gottlieb, thank you for that. And ladies and gentlemen, the reason I ask that question is because that is the Californication of Washington. Why? California already has that bill in place. It is up and active, signed by Newsom already. This is what they want to do. End your right to bear arms. Alan Gottlieb, founder of the Second Amendment Foundation. Thank you, sir. It was great seeing you Saturday. We'll be back with Hawkins from Breitbart right after this. The Voice of Reason on KQAM, Wichita's Big Talker, and you're tuned into the Armed American Radio Network. Now let's get back to the man himself, Mark Walters. Yeah, here we go. Armed American Radio's Monster Cast, the Car Firearms Group Studios, the six hour mic lit up for you. It's all being presented to you today and every day by that great company, X Insurance. X Insurance. Greg over in Dallas, Texas. Welcome back in, brother. Myself, how are you? Uh, not too bad. You know, um, as we wait for AWR to call in, uh, it's been, ladies and gentlemen, it's been a busy weekend. Everybody that converged in, in Arizona, as we all did for the meeting, is rushing to get home and all that good stuff. So we're giving people some time. Actually thought about giving some people some time off, Greg, which would have actually been the nice thing to do. However, everybody's got so much to say, and there's so much going on. I've got enough to cover with AWR. For I could cover a three-hour program with what he's written about and what we talked about over the last couple of days when we were together. But, Greg, you know how I like to Google gun control on the Daily Show from time to time and do it live on the air because it's fun to do? Yeah. Ladies and gentlemen, if if you're new to this concept, if you don't hear the Daily Show, from time to time what we'll do on the program is literally go to the mic live with zero prep. And now, Greg, as you can, you'll concur, that's a gutsy thing to do in this profession. Oh, yeah, absolutely. But in the very gutsy thing to do. But... In this profession, in this genre, it makes it kind of fun, and it's kind of easy. And I, I'm going to do that with you right now. We're going to Google it up, but I guess I'm, I can't really tell a lie. I did it earlier today because what I saw when I looked at show prep, this is not a show that I go into unprepared, what was remarkable, Greg, when I pulled up gun control. And we're going to go there, but we're going to start with an AWR Hawkins piece. Video allegedly shows dispute 12 minutes before Chief's shooting. Now, Greg, have you seen those videos? And, of course, we've seen the takedowns, right, yep. of, the, of the two scumbags that were out there. When you saw that, what did you think? It was actually confusing for me. Um, I uh, well, Tell me why it was confusing. Why was it confusing? Well, everything was um, – everybody was so crowded around one of the initial shooters is my perspective – and from the videos I've seen, and they were all so very short, and I could not quite see the weapon in the individual's hand. I just saw that there was two to three guys on top of somebody trying to keep somebody down that was resisting and trying to get up and trying to get away, and they stayed on top of him, which was a good thing to do, but you could tell they hadn't trained jiu-jitsu also. But uh, it was one of those instances where I'm like, is this the guy that, they, that was shooting? Or, or the, Obviously, they would be taking him down for no reason, uh, and for me, I just couldn't see a weapon. And that's kind of my frustration from all of this. I never really saw a weapon from the videos that I saw. Chaos. Yeah. That's the right word to use yeah. to describe it. It, it was a definitely chaotic takedowns and continued to stay on top of a human. The video footage looked almost like drone footage, frankly. I, I don't know what it was. I mean, it yeah. could very well have been. There, was, there were drones at the event. There were police drones at the Arizona rally we were at. There were cops on the roof next to the Capitol building. 
Maybe because of the scary gun guys. I don't know. And lots of gun girls, too, by the way. Oh, and by the way, speaking of Arizona, black, white, Latino, all walks of life. Not only in the crowd, but also speaking. Funny how the media doesn't tell you that. I figured I'd throw that in there. Of but course. The police drones up there, cops on horseback. You know, you only got a permit for four hours. It went from 10 to 2. And I questioned why. We knew it was a cop drone because it was, it was black and white. And it was hovering, and we can see who was controlling it, right? So they made no bones about the fact that you were being watched while you were at that rally. So I don't know if that's what it was. I would assume that's probably the case in a huge crowd like that in today's day and age. So that's, that's likely. But with, I'm with you on that. It was hard to see anything from that. But what we can confirm is that two of those people were taken down. And obviously, there were guns involved. And as AWR is reporting, 12 minutes before the chief's shooting, TMZ showed a dispute between teens, which occurred that day, 10 to 12 minutes before the shooting erupted at the parade. Greg, does that qualify as a mass shooting? No, absolutely not. That's gang violence, brother. I don't yep. care how you slice it. I, yep. don't care, I don't care what you say, that's gang violence. Now, we knew that going in. Ladies and gentlemen, last weekend on this very broadcast, we did not talk about it. You can go back and listen to it. Greg, we didn't talk about Kansas City. In fact, I don't think we even mentioned it on the show, and here's why, ladies and gentlemen. We knew, based on the reporting, that we didn't know, and we, weren't, we had no facts. And when the media fails to tell you what's going on, oh, you know you're over the target. Pun intended. But you know there's more to this story that they don't want to let out, and they're not going to. It's agenda-driven. Oh, they're checking off boxes. Was it a protected class of person or persons? We weren't sure until Monday. And that's what we found out. Now, the reason that I mentioned that, and I'll go to AWR Hawkins right now. Let's go to AWR. AWR, we're talking about your video uh, column allegedly showing the dispute 12 minutes before the chief shooting. Can you yes. give us any more information? Because what I was talking about with listeners prior to your call was how we didn't talk about Kansas City on this broadcast last week because we didn't know enough about it we knew the media wasn't giving us the straight dope we know a lot more now you've done extensive reporting on it about that story the dispute 12 minutes before can you confirm for us that this was gang violence do you know i i can't it's that's kind of still what that's kind of the phraseology that no one's using uh so i can't but i can say this i can't say that when you look at what happened, uh, it's a perfect. It's going to be a perfect fit for gang violence if that's what the police will finally say. I mean, you're looking at juveniles that have a fight, and then the result of the fight is that they fire rounds. And it's for everything I could see. And this, Mark, this is only my opinion, but everything I see, they they weren't firing at other people. Other people were just hit uh, with gunfire, uh, but. The gunfire was aimed at the folks in the dispute. That's what that's what I've come to in my mind as I read this stuff over and over. We've done this long enough to be able to draw that conclusion. That's why I was hesitant to talk about it last week, because we simply didn't know. What we did know was that as we reported what was happening, that what we did know at that time, which was not a lot, that we were going to have to change it the next day because we know what the media does. So right. I, I think that was I think that was just a responsible thing to do. But you're you're absolutely correct that this is in fact pointing to that. Now AWR, I I googled up the words gun control today, and what popped up 
was remarkable to me, and it kind of dovetails well with what you have on your page and, and some of the stories that you could take a listen to the media headlines, AWR, just Googling gun control about two hours ago. CNN, Missouri has some of the weakest gun laws in the U.S. Here's how that is impacting the Kansas City shooting investigation. Next story in the line. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm going down the line. I'm skipping nothing. KCUR, after parade shooting, Kansas City leaders want to pass gun safety laws. Missouri won't let them. Kansas City Star, amid fury over KC shooting, Missouri Republicans move to quickly quash gun reform talk. Fox News, KJP calls on Congress to pass stronger gun laws, banning assault rifles day after shooting in Kansas. Fox 4, Kansas City, Missouri gun laws in focus after Super Bowl rally shooting. ABC News, what to know about Kansas City's homicide rate, Missouri gun laws after Chiefs, Chiefs parade shooting. The Guardian, Biden renews gun control plea after 22 shot in Kansas City. KSNT, gun control, Kansas leaders react to Chiefs parade shooting. And The Independent, Kansas City shooting, the gun laws in the state of Missouri. AWR, I sense a media narrative forming. Could I possibly be right? <laughs> yeah, I think so. I mean, but it's... Wow. You know, but the the way to react to it is to put a couple other pop tarts in the in the toaster oven and and get a good TV show on and get those pop tarts and whatever kind of beverage you'd like and sit there and like your show because the gun control does not have a prayer of passing in Missouri not a not a prayer of passing and so uh, you know this is another this is another attempt to use the behavior of criminals to set the standard for what laws law-abiding citizens should face. And Republicans just aren't going to put up with it in Missouri, and they shouldn't. And these, yeah, and these, little, uh, these, these little TV stations, some of them are big, but they're not gonna, they don't have enough pull to shame these Republicans into changing their position. It, but it is clear to me and to any honest individual that sees this. And ladies and gentlemen, you can do it yourself. Google it up. You're going to find it. This is the way the media is driving this to try to push Republicans for gun control. When we come back, we're going to go to John Mellencamp. Remember John Cougar? AWR's got a great piece up about him because, well, he can't keep his big fat mouth shut. We'll talk about him when we come back. Don't go away. The Constitution says the right of the people to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed. It's Mike Gallagher wanting to let you know that the crew of the Desperado Sport Fish in Virginia Beach, Virginia, supports Armed American Radio and the Second Amendment, and I'm right there with them. Now back to Mark Walters. Welcome back inside Armed American Radio's Monster Cast, ladies and gentlemen. I am Mark Walters, of course, filling your prescription for freedom here in the Car Firearms Group Studios. A six-hour microphone lit up for you. All of it, every moment. Every day, six days a week, being brought to you by the Great X Insurance. Make sure to check out GoatGuns.com. Get your Goat Guns. Get them now. Use the promo code AAR for your first-time purchase. Take 10% off right off the bat. And these things are addicting and so much fun. They're beautiful. I made another order for two last night. Armslist.com. Armslist.com. America's Firearms Marketplace. Promo code is AAR. And guess what? You get your first month for 99 cents. After that, it's like under 7 bucks. A month. America's firearms marketplace. Support these people. They beat the Brady campaign multiple times in court. Brady tried. Brady lost. Brady tried. Brady lost. Brady tried. Brady lost. Armslist.com. More about our par other partners coming up later in the broadcast. Let's go back to great AWR Hawkins from Breitbart News. AWR, welcome back. I, I mentioned John Mellencamp. And, you know, if I, these are things that, yeah, I mean, I like John Mellencamp's music. 
but I, I'm to a point now where I just I don't want to hear it. I'm sick. I've heard Jack and Diane enough. Do I really need to listen to this nonsense anymore? The fact of the matter is, what he's you tell us what he's doing, and then we'll discuss it. What does he want? Yeah, well, what he wants is he wants gun control, and he's crying because Congress won't pass gun control. Congress won't do it. So he, what he wants is he wants the media to shame uh, Congress and what he says, shake America out of its stupor by publishing crime scene photos of children who are shot. And and he bases this on that he said that's basically how we got out of the Vietnam Wars. The media finally found the courage to publish the photos of what we were doing over there, and it turned the tide on that war. And he's not even thinking about what he's saying. See, what he doesn't know, which I happen to know because I happen to study this, uh, my PhD is in the Vietnam War era, Brown Navy, uh, Brown uh, Water Navy especially, but. Uh, what he doesn't realize is that our media, Walter Cronkite and all those other heathens, and that's all Walter Cronkite was, was a mouth breather. But he worked uh, indirectly with Ho Chi Minh, but Ho Chi Minh had uh, the uh, American media in his back pocket, and he did a mm-hmm. PR campaign the American media cooperated with. And so that undercut our military. And so that's the model that Mellencamp wants our current media to use to undercut gun rights by publishing pictures of slaughtered children and others. I mean, it's actually sickening, to be honest with you. It's sickening. It is, and I want to go a step further with this too, AWR, because what Mellencamp is failing to tell you, ladies and gentlemen, again, he's failing to tell you who is committing this violence. And he's failing to tell you that the quote-unquote mass shootings that he's referring to are virtually every single one of them gang-related in Democrat-run cities, every single one of them. And he's failing to tell you that there is no gun control law that will stop gang violence in gun-controlled cities, period, in in Democrat-controlled cities with all the gun control in the world that we've reported here with AWR Hawkins in the past until you start locking these people up. And in Democrat-run cities, they're giving them passes and no bail and releasing them back on the streets. John Mellencamp is a goofball, but... AWR, unfortunately, people like him tend to get a lot of media play. And again, it falls right back into that media narrative of pushing the agenda over facts and over patriotism, doesn't it? And it's just not more living proof of that. Well, right. Well, the good news is he's going to quickly become uh, the Madonna of Jack and Diane's. And, you know, people <laughs> laugh at her now. She's a joke. Not only is her face distorted, but her mind is twisted. And, uh, and the same thing, This he's going to go from being now part of Americana or American heritage to being a laughingstock. And uh, I'm all for it. Uh, yeah. I think we can't laugh at him quick enough, and we can't laugh hard enough. I agree. Let's go now to uh, Senate Democrats. You have a, a piece up. Senate Democrats push bill that could prevent churches from having armed security. The reason I want to talk with this one about you is because you converged on Phoenix this week. I converged on Phoenix this week. Many others did. And I had an opportunity, as I'm sure you did, to talk with our good friend Stephen Williford from the Sutherland Spring shooting in Texas who used an AR-15 rifle that the media hates to put down a dirtbag who had just murdered many people at that Sutherland Springs church. He is a hero and likely saved dozens of other lives. Now, when I think about that, why would they, why, when we just saw what happened in Houston, would they continue to push this nonsense? What are they trying to do? Keep churches vulnerable? You got to remember. I mean, not you got to remember, but think about it. 
they keep pushing all the same gun controls that are in California. In California, uh, I've covered before, 17% of our nation's firearm fatalities every year. 17% occur in one state, California. So, uh, you know, so they've been doing this. They ignore the facts constantly. But, yeah, I believe I believe that they they want to make people as vulnerable as they can so that those people have to rely on the government for protection. And so, uh, you know, I've. As you know, you were with me. I've got a, a Glock 19 on my hip right now with 21 rounds, thanks to my Terran Tactical Magazine extension. And so I don't need the government to take care of me. I really don't. It doesn't mean that I'm the toughest guy walking, but it does mean this. If you try to take my wallet, I'll kill you. And so uh, that's just how it is. And I don't need the government to help me do that. Yeah, the government doesn't want you to be able to do that. Ladies and gentlemen, again, this is this, open your mind. Why? When you lay your head down tonight, you ask yourself this question. Why do they want my guns? You think about that. The answer will become clear. Joe Biden claims more mass shootings in 2024 than days in the year. Are we going back to gun violence archives here again? Because he was out running his mouth before anybody was picked up and taken to a hospital in Kansas City, for crying out loud. What does this dementia diaper wearer want? Well, I mean, I I would guess he didn't quote them because he never substantiates his statements. But in the past, those around him have done that with the gun violence archive. So that would make sense that he's doing that, and that place is a joke. But, you know, the other statements he made were equally uh, crazy, Mark. Like he pushed for, we need universal background. Universal mm-hmm. background checks would not have stopped this shooting because the people, if they're juveniles, they're mm-hmm. too young to buy a gun. So there is no – it doesn't matter what type of point-of-sale check you have. They're too young to go through the legal point-of-sale. And so I'm, these Democrats, they're fear-mongers. They're liars. Uh, they love to – what they try to do is create – and then step in and say, we can take care of the hysteria with more laws. We don't need more laws. We need less laws. As I've said a million times – I want it to be as easy for me to get a gun as it was for those criminals to get a gun right there. So that means we're going to have to do away with some laws. That's what we need to do. Well said. We've only got about 20 seconds, but I want to take you with this. Let's close out on a happy ending story. I understand a 14-year-old Texan home alone shot and killed an alleged robber. If you're going to be dumb in Texas, lady, or you're going to be dumb, ladies and gentlemen, don't be dumb in Texas, right, AWR? This is a beautiful headline. Right, but it's even better than that because after he put it on this old boy and this old boy fell down and died, the kid, like a good kid, then safely handed the hand the handgun to his mother when his mother pulled into the driveway. And that's how you do it. And and that we should have a little clip of him doing that and under it could we could just like put a little meme that says, This guy right here won't be home for dinner tonight, but the son and the mom, they're gonna have a great breakfast at the Waffle House. And you know what? I'd also add a caveat to that. That's true gun control, isn't it? Right? Great oh, control yeah. of that gun, you 14-year-old. That was beautiful. Don't be dumb in Texas. A.W.R. Hawkins, thanks, man. I know how busy of a weekend it's been for everybody. I know everybody's traveling. I appreciate you being here so much. A.W.R. Hawkins, Breitbart News, everybody. When we come back, oh, we're going to have Ryan Petty here and Paul Markle, student of the gun, making a rare monster cast appearance. We'll be back right after this.
You've just filled your prescription for freedom with Mark Walters, presented by X-Insurance. X-Insurance. On the Armed American Radio Network. 